Hey guys, welcome to FitChix Chat, brought to you by FitChix Academy, where we help heart-centered women who love health and fitness get certified as fitness and nutrition coaches and build amazing businesses. Our goal is to educate and empower women to take control of their lives through our weekly podcast, where we talk about fitness, nutrition, mindset, as well as wellness. I am one of your co-hosts, Amanda Quinn. I'm also the co-founder of FitChix Academy. I'm a certified personal trainer, yoga instructor, business coach, and a mom. In each episode, you'll either hear from myself and Laura Jackson together, sometimes solo, as well as from top female experts in the fitness, nutrition, and wellness to educate and empower you to take control of your health and your life. Now let's dive into this week's episode of FitChix Chat. Welcome to today's episode where we have the amazing Marie Barker joining us. Marie Barker is an online women's wellness coach with a passion for ditching the yo-yo dieting mentality and getting to the root cause of why we're all hungry. She's worked with hundreds of women across Canada and the U.S. and also mentors a team of coaches known as the Boomerang Babes to do the same. She's a retired high school English teacher, at-home workout junkie, and self-proclaimed taco aficionado. She can be found sharing her everyday adventures on Instagram at Marie Barker Wellness, as well as on her blog at mariebarkerwellness.com. Welcome to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast, where we talk all things fitness, nutrition, and wellness for women to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out. And now, your hosts, Laura Jackson and Amanda Quinn. Hey everyone, welcome to Fitchix Chat. I'm Amanda Quinn, and on today's episode, I have Marie joining me. This is Marie Barker, guys. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm so happy. I'm so happy to have you back. I love our talks. We always have such great convos, and it's funny, guys, like, I don't know if you've listened to our past podcast, but if you haven't, make sure you go back and check those episodes out, but, like, legit, like, since the moment that we first met, I feel like we're like best friends for some reason. Like, I feel like I know you so well and like, we've never actually met in person. We've just been like I know. online all the time. So it's cool. <laughs> well, that's the power of the internet, right? It's, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. So I have been following you, you know that, and I've been like paying attention to what it is that you've been doing for a long time. And I think the transformation that you are doing in your own personal life and that you have done in your own personal life is so cool. And so that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Um, I want to share with our listeners just, you know, about your fitness journey and about you as a coach and about sort of like how you help people transform and what that really looks like. So let's dive in because I have a lot of things to ask you. (laughs) I'm ready to answer. (laughs) Amazing. So um, start off, why don't you tell us what a typical week looks like, like as a coach, what does a typical week look like for you in terms of like your fitness and nutrition, like pull back the curtains and tell everyone sort of what does that actually look like? It's funny because I think everybody's trying to find that like secret, you know, it's like, Oh, she must do something different. It must be easier for her. And the answer is, of course it's not, it's the same for everybody. And the answer is you have to put in the work, which is super unsexy, but it's the truth, right? (laughs) Gotta get sweaty a couple days a week. You need to drink enough water, cut sugar, cut stress as much as possible, sleep enough and speak kindly to and of yourself. So I essentially do a combination of those things. Um, Personally, I use Beachbody workout programs because I love them. So right now I'm doing a program that's like, killing me it's strictly which one is it <laughs> oh it's called transform 20 and i love shanti like he's Sean good- T, i know exactly which one you're talking about yeah yeah <laughs> 
crazy. And I, I fell in love with weightlifting um, in the last few months. So it's like a bit of a transition for me, but it's also such a good thing for me mentally because it, it challenges me, right? Switching between different styles of workouts. It's good for my muscle memory. It's good for my own mental health to be challenged in that way. So anyways, a typical week, um, I work out five, six days a week with this program specifically. If I need yeah. a day off, I will take an extra day off because I've learned enough about my body in the last few years here to listen so that I don't burn out. And um, if I'm feeling like it, like tomorrow, I'm planning on going to a hot yoga class because it's minus a billion here in Saskatchewan. So it needs some <laughs> heat. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's what I do. I just follow the programs that I uh, choose to do. They're usually six or eight weeks. Um, one of the programs I did last year was three months and I just, I follow the program workouts. It's way easier than trying to make up my own, even though I'm capable of it. And I like yeah. being able to just push play and have like a group fitness class in my living room. So. And so what do you say though to the people? Cause there's so many haters when it comes to like home workouts right like there's a lot of people I call them haters but you know what I mean like there's yeah. a lot of people out there that doubt that you can get the kind of results with an at-home workout plan that you can with a gym like they they feel as though like no like the only way to really transform is to actually go to the gym what do you say to that uh, it's hard because it, when you know better you do better Right. And that's a classic example of it. So these people might be coming from a place of, well, I've been taught that I need to go on the elliptical or the stair climber for an hour before I even start a weightlifting session. And that's just not the truth. <laughs> yeah. You know, currents, if anybody looks at the current research, current research and current studies show that in, in fact, 20 minutes versus an hour is better for you if you do the right exercises in the right environment. So like I mentioned before, one of the reasons I love doing Beachbody programs, they're made by the pros right? So yeah. they are effective. They're proven to be effective. And lots of people I work with still do their beach body workouts at the gym, or they do other workouts at the gym, or they're personal trainers and they make their own, or they do a combination of both, or they go to hot yoga like I do, or spin class or bar or whatever they want. But you don't have to work out an hour a day to get results. And in fact, I encourage against it because your body needs enough rest time you know, and you need to do the workouts that feel good for you. For me personally, like I was saying before, this program is challenging me. My body responds way better to doing like half hit and half weights with some days off and some yoga. Whereas this right. program is full cardio. And right now I'm being challenged mentally and physically by this full cardio program. So you definitely don't have to go to the gym six days a week or even four, five days a week to get into crazy shape. And you can take these programs anywhere with you. So that's something else I really love about them. Yeah, for sure. And like when you said like, it doesn't have to be an hour, how do you debunk that myth with your clients? Cause that is, that's a huge thing that people still believe that you have to work out for an hour in order to get results. Oh man. It's just, um, it's one of those things where they just need to start and experience different and they need to be open-minded enough to try different. You know, I used to be the same. And the only reason I can speak about this now is from a place of experience. I used to yeah. go to the gym and I would lace up and head into the arena <laughs> in my head. It was like an arena and I would go to the stair climber and I put it on an incline and press play and turn on whatever you watch TV while you're doing it, which you do not get a great workout if you're watching TV at the same time as doing a workout. You can only do one task at a time. Um, and, you know, I lived that life. I, I went to the gym and I was like, okay, I'll do free weights and I have a kinesiology background. So I'll do a little circuit where I'll make myself, I'll do 15 push-ups and then I'll do 15 deadlifts and then I'll go, you know, I knew what to do. It's just that... It, 
you're not, it's not so much that you don't stay motivated. It's most people don't have the discipline to create a program for themselves that is actually effective. Mm -hmm. So even if you have the knowledge and background, I think it's just helpful to utilize resources that are going to make it easier and more effective for you. It's all about ROI. Like for me, it's all about return on investment of my time and my energy and my resources. And these programs, one of the reasons I love them so much is because I've done my research. I've tried a whole bunch of different um, methodologies and this gives me the best ROI on my time and energy. That's very cool. For sure. And what would you say then? So because you work out at home now and that's like, that is what you focus on. What would be your top three fitness tools that you have besides, besides the programs itself? Okay. Besides the programs? Yeah. Because that's definitely one of them. Because I, I of course. have, they're on my iPad. Like it's, yeah. yeah. So that's number one. You for like, sure. You like live and die by them. Like those are the, the, that's what you go with for sure. For sure. And not yeah. to say that I'm against any other program either. Like I just love doing programs now. It's such a good personal challenge. So that's definitely yeah. one for taking on the road or doing it home. But um, my Beats, my Bluetooth headphones for sure. Like <laughs> I am a chronic, like, electronic music junkie when it comes to my workouts I like like deep bass and good, good uh, tunes so that's yeah. for sure another tool for at home do you listen to that though while you're doing the videos how can you do that totally tunes? totally you just memorize yeah. the workouts <laughs> no, so I watch I watch the workouts I like it's, yeah. it's filmed in real time right so it's like I'm at a group fitness class but I'm in my living room mm. and so not that I have to listen to the instructions as much you can lots of people really like the instructions because it's funny the cast members interact they show a time clock at the bottom too so i'll know that this move is 60 seconds this move is 30 seconds oh that's cool perfect this move is 15 seconds you do 10 reps of this so i i love listening to beats while i use a a product called energize which is a green tea based pre-workout that is for sure another one of my reasons for success with home workouts because some days you just don't really feel like working out (laughs) and so when I take when I take that um, product, we call it hype juice in this house. And when I take <laughs> my my hype juice, um, I'm like committed to working out, and it's so delicious that I take it. And I'm like, well, crap! Like now I have to work out because I just drank energized. So I better do my thing, and it, it just helps. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's clinically proven to help too, but it helps me. So those are for sure some of my fitness success tools. What about like weights and like bands and all that kind of stuff? Do you have it all? You know what's so crazy? You do not need a lot to be um, successful with good workouts at home. And obviously, I've been working at home for the last four years now, so we have some equipment. Um, yeah. We've got free weights ranging from 10 pounds to 35s or 40s, I think is what we have. So we've got, I usually use like my 15 pounds, my 20 pounds, my 25s. Like I rotate through those three, and that seems to be good enough for me. And then as for bands and stuff, like I have a yoga mat. And uh, one of the programs I did last year came with loops and sliders. So I have those to use if I want to, but you really don't need a lot of equipment to get an awesome workout. And like for that program I'm doing right now, it just uses a step. Yeah, that's it. So, you know, and I can take that step with me if I want to. I have a condo, the condo gym that I utilize some days too, when I feel like switching up my scenery. So, yeah, that's cool. And now, as a Beachbody coach, tell me, like, why did you choose Beachbody? And let me just say before you get into this, like, just so anyone listening, this is not a paid advertisement for Beachbody. <laughs> no, not at all. 
<laughs> I love that. <laughs> Hashtag ad. <laughs> exactly. Not at all. Not at all. I'm just curious to know, because I do know that a lot of our listeners are either interested in becoming coaches or are coaches or know people that are coaches. So what is it about Beachbody that made you choose to become a coach through that rather than using your kinesiology background and doing it on your own? Um, a few reasons. Number one, um, I actually didn't choose the beach party life. It chose me (laughs) (laughs) being honest. Um, I was at a really low place in my journey. I had just finished my teaching internship. I was, um, my body was really inflamed with chronic illness and stress. And, um, I had some weight to lose. We'll say I pretty sure it was just inflammation, but I, I was in a pretty dark place with depression and, and some anxiety stuff. And I saw a girlfriend who just looked happy and healthy. And when I reached out to her and got involved in the group that she was running, mm-hmm. she, they were using Beachbody programs. We were doing the 21 day fix workout program and drinking vegan chocolate shakeology. That was like the shtick for that group. And so I did it after I researched it because I do have a lot of dietary restrictions. And mm-hmm. when she told me that I could get a discount on, um, all my products, and if I signed up as a coach and the sign up was free, I was like, where is the like tape? Like, where's the too good to be true? Yeah. Um, I've heard of this, but it wasn't, it was, if you buy your pack, you invest in yourself and you get to sign up for free, get a discount, you make commission based on, um, helping other people get set up with their packs. And there's other ways to earn money, of course. And at the time I was just starting my teaching journey as well. And I thought, well, hey, I, I could probably be really good at this. I'm a teacher. You know, yeah. I love helping people. I got into education because I wanted to help people. I'm super passionate about health and wellness because I have this history of chronic illness and, um, you know, I'm focused on self-love and I'm focused on learning all these different um, wellness modalities and stuff. So and then I just ran with it. But, you know, I, I started because I wanted a discount and I stuck with it because I saw the potential of what it could do for my life. And in four years now, like it's completely flipped my entire life on its head. I retired myself from classroom teaching with it. So it's amazing. Now you, you touched on that you had a lot of um, dietary restrictions. How did you know, like for nutrition, what are some of the limitations that you have and how did you identify that? Was it like through... Um, sorry, was it my dog? My cat just like knocked over my water. Um, was it through? Um, was it through like a doctor, or was it through just like trial and error, or was it through tracking? Like, how did you kind of figure that out? Oh man, I get this question so much because people are so um, desperate for answers, and yeah. I will say that number one, it took me many years. I've I've been working on this and self-advocating and researching and using trial and error for the last uh, 14 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So it took a really long time. Number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, I learned that if I was just going to rely on my Western medical doctor's opinions of what was wrong with me, I was just going to run in circles and it's no, in no way a bash to Western med. I think that there's some fantastic advancements when it comes to like surgery and trauma and to like a physical bone or something like they do amazing things. But when it comes to chronic illness, Western med, can only diagnose the symptoms. It doesn't do root cause, right? So I turned to some functional medical practice practitioners. I turned to some mm-hmm. alternative medicine, um, like acupuncture and naturopathy and homeopathy and all these different things. And I mean, man, it, like I said, it's been about 13 or 14 years. It took me a really long time to figure out um, 
for example, right now I'm currently sensitive to eggs and rice and peas and cashews and corn came up for me. And this is on top of already having been gluten-free and dairy-free and sugar-free pretty much for the last 13 years. So it's taken a long time and there, I have quite a few restrictions right now, but it's, um, some of them are restrictions and some of them are food allergies. Right. And what's the difference between like when you hear, cause some people say like, well, I have like an intolerance to it or I have a sensitivity to yeah. it. Or what are the differences between those? Like between, I know like an allergy, um, but why don't you explain to our listeners like the differences between like an allergy versus sensitivity versus an intolerance and how they can kind of identify what they might, everyone's going to have different symptoms obviously, but how would they kind of identify what they're kind of dealing with? For sure. So um, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm also not a doctor, right? So this is just based on my own research, my own self-advocacy and that kind of Of thing. So there's um, two different types. So there's um, IgG is a food sensitivity and all that is, is just immunoglobulin G just refers to an antigen in the blood. So you have IgE, which is immunoglobulin globulin E, and then you have IgG. So IgE is a food allergy. So somebody who's allergic to peanuts, they have an IgE reaction to peanuts or wheat or soy. Like with me with celiac disease, I have an IgE reaction to wheat and gluten. Right. IgG though is a delayed response. It's almost like a muscle memory um, reaction to something that triggers sensitivity or inflammation in the body. So okay. this, these ones can be really tricky. This is something like um, I didn't realize for myself personally, but eggs for me right now are an IgG. I'm sensitive to eggs for whatever reason, if it's a protein that's getting through my gut lining or whatever it is, um, as well as a few other things like kidney beans or cashews or rice. And this can manifest a couple of days later and it can be anything from like cysts. I get, I get like cysts on my neck and, um, cheeks. If I eat, um, hormone, uh, infused like beef or eggs even um it can be rashes it can be joint aches it can be tension headaches like these are delayed responses so that's uh, that's the difference between igg and ige interesting mm-hmm. that's interesting that those are the type of reactions that you're having too and that they are delayed sometimes even a couple of days because like yeah, yeah it would be so hard unless you actually went and got tested it would be so hard for you to ter- to determine in that moment because you just think it was like oh it was something that i ate you think back to like, okay, what did I have for lunch? Yes. As opposed to thinking back like, oh, three days ago I ate this and this was yes. So That's- this is actually, this is one of the reasons why I use personally use a um, tracker, like a daily mm-hmm. journal. I track what I eat. I track how much I sleep. I track how much water I'm drinking, how much caffeine I'm drinking, my bowel movements, um, gratitude. Like I track all of that in the, in a handy dandy little tracker because when I was really getting into it, um, last spring is when I really got into the IgG, um, food sensitivity testing and blood tests and working with my naturopath and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I learned that it was so frustrating because it would be three days later and I would be like, where are these, where's the cystic acne coming from? I'm doing everything else right. And I just felt like I was doing all the things right. But your skin is a magic mirror for what's going on in your gut. And it was obvious to me that something was um, amiss. So that really helped me. Tracking really helped me to trigger, or sorry, to see what the triggers were. And what is the, we were talking about this before we went live today. What is the tracking um, that you use just for our listeners so they can check it out if they're interested? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So they they are more than welcome to check it out um, by emailing me or they can just go check it out themselves, but it's a program called the Chibi Mindset and it's a nutrition mindset program 
created by the RDN Alana Malstein, and she's fantastic. She's UCLA based, and basically the principles of the program are adding more water, more veggies, and tracking what you're eating, um, as well as your mindset, because we're emotional creatures, right? And most people (laughs) struggle with emotional eating and then don't know why they can't stop eating chocolate cake late at night. So um, (laughs) anyways, that's a program that I use and the program itself actually comes with a tracker. Oh, very cool. Okay. And guys, if you listen to the end, um, Marie will share with you how you can get in touch with her. And then also, um, I'll share with you, um, her links and everything on our website. So make sure you check it out. Now, why do you think so many clients that you work with struggle with weight? Do you, th- and they think that like, just jumping over to like this side of it, cause there's so many people that think, okay, well it's not necessarily the food I'm eating, but they think, okay, well if I start restricting my food yeah. overall, that's how I'm going to fix this. Like, what do you think is the real key to helping people and for anyone listening now that is struggling with weight management or fat loss or anything like that? rather than doing that restrictive diet, because you always hear like calories in, calories out, blah, blah, blah. Like it's, and it is, you know, science says, and that is true, but to some extent, like what do you think is the real key to actually starting to manage your health a little bit better? Um, Okay. Well, there's a few things, but number one, when I have clients who come to me and they're really, really focused on that number, Mm -hmm. I often will ask them, how is your life going to be different when you achieve that number? Yeah. And if I really dig and they really are honest with themselves, they realize, well, my life actually won't be much different if I achieve that number. And this is why you see people who are rail and bones competing in bikini competitions and their self mindset is in the gutter, right? The weight, the number doesn't mean much. And so whenever I have somebody who's trying to lose excess weight, oftentimes I'll actually refer them to um, different personal development books. Like you can heal your life by Louise Hay, for example. And in that book, book. love it. It's one of my favorites. And in it, Louise talks about how excess weight is just fear. And so oftentimes I'll ask that person to journal about um, an area in their life that they're struggling or um, what kind of emotions they're dealing with at that point in time. If there's some turbulent stuff going on in their relationship or their work life or with some grief that they maybe haven't processed or some kind of childhood trauma, it's going to be carried forward until you deal with it, right? Until you shine a light on that thing, you can't heal it. And for me, when somebody's struggling with weight loss, that's all it is. It's just, I have fear trapped in my body. And when you let go of that fear and you really address it and heal those maybe past hurts, it, it will melt off of your body. It's... It, it, it will. It's, <laughs> You're like, I promise you. It's just I that promise you. definitely happen. Yeah. Yes, because then you start to love yourself through the process instead of hating yourself and trying to hate yourself skinny, whatever that means. You know, instead of a right. self-punishment, it becomes more of a, I respect myself so much that I'm going to do this for myself, not to myself. Yeah, I love my body for you know, being the shell to like carry me through this life and therefore I'm going to care for it, like that whole mentality. Absolutely. And absolutely. And too, like, okay, you've had a child, you know how this feels. You housed a human in you. You grew a child in you. That is such a miracle. And I work with a lot of new moms who are like, well, I just want to get my pre-baby body back. And I'm like, oh, man. what are you talking about? Like, you're a new person now. You don't, you don't get that body back. You're going to have a better body right now because you just housed a child in that body. You were stronger now than you were before you did that. And I think just flipping the mindset around it is I do a lot of mindset work with my clients and coaches on my team um, because it it all starts with the mind and ends with the mind, you know? Mm -hmm. So 
It's funny. I was just talking to someone earlier today about that too, about the whole mindset thing and how when you're on a health or journey, a fitness journey, a weight loss journey, whatever you want to call it, whatever that journey is, if you don't start with the mindset, it's almost like don't even begin the process. Because if you can't flip your mindset and start changing the way you speak to yourself and start changing the way that you see things and start changing the way that you are approaching everything, you even if you start following a plan and you follow it to a T and you do everything and you lose all this weight or whatever, you lose fat, you'll usually go right back to those old habits because you never changed the mindset. You haven't switched how you're thinking about it or how you're seeing yourself or how you're approaching your life. And so if you don't change that, you'll always revert back. And that's why you see so many people, I believe that's why you see so many people yo-yo and go back and forth, back and forth, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and none of us are immune to it, right? Like we all have our stuff, but if you don't deal with it, like I said before, if you don't shine a light on it, you can't heal it. So, you know, and for everybody, it's different. And we all use these different techniques for numbing, whether that's food or overworking or drinking or whatever your numbing mechanism is. But it's really important to just like sit with that uncomfortableness of whatever it is you're feeling and let it come up and out. Because we do this like suppression thing where we try to like push down any emotions and not Mm -hmm. experience them or show them or we mask it with a pill or whatever, cake. chips (laughs) you know like netflix season on netflix season but if you really sit with it and let it come up you can process it and then once you process some of that baggage you can let go of it and then you're lighter and that's what i'm talking about when i say weight will melt off of you you're literally going to be lighter Mm -hmm. because you're just you're letting go of something that's just trapped inside of you Absolutely. I agree. I agree with you 100%. Now, in terms of like mindset stuff too, how do you approach it when you have clients that say, like that come at you with like the whole good food, bad food scenarios? Because I personally just can't stand when people use those words or like when they use like clean eating or like, like, cause in my mind, especially good food and bad food, that when they start labeling things as good or bad or cheap, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Cause for me, I think just food is food. And it's like, it's, it's just how you approach it. Like it's, it doesn't have to be labeled as like a thing. And it could just be like, this is nourishing my body and this is good for like, you know, good for me for these reasons, but you don't have to think of it as like, well, this is good food. This is bad food. What do you think about that? Well, I love that you said nourishing. Cause that's exactly how I teach my clients to think about it. So I, um, Eating, eating is a deep-seated, <laughs> hard-to-touch topic because so much of our eating um, habits come from when we were like zero to seven and watching mom and dad or whoever is your guardian watching their relationship to food. So yeah. if you have a guardian whose relationship to food, subconscious or conscious, like if they were talking about it or just putting off the body language, you're going to pick up on those kind of things and often carry them into your adult life. You know, so. I try to teach my clients to stop eating so much for weight loss and weight gain. There's, there's a lot of people right now that um, I see and they're, they're like, I'm jumping on the keto bandwagon because I'm hoping to lose some weight. And I'm just like, man, anytime anybody tries to use a specific um, modality or method of eating in order to lose weight, you will fail. If that's your outcome, if that's what, is that, if that's your desired outcome is weight loss, you will yo-yo and you will yeah. continue to try thing after thing after fat after pill after wrap Thank after you. supplement <laughs> yes. until you realize that food you need to eat enough food and enough variety of food to nourish your body, and it's all about bio individuality. So while for somebody veganism might be amazing for their specific case for somebody like me it doesn't work i tried veganism once and it didn't work i've I've got low iron levels and i need a variety of 
X, Y, and Z. So like I said, the bioindividuality is really important to teach and really teaching clients to eat um, for nourishment instead of weight loss and weight gain. And I actually have um, my clients occasionally, I'll have them do, do this activity if I think it's necessary. And I'll have them just take out a piece of paper and split it down the middle with a pen. And on the left top column, I have them write foods that nourish me. And on the right top column, I have them write foods that deplete me. And I just get them to do a brain dump of all the foods that they know that like make them feel so good. You know, like I feel amazing when I eat an avocado. I will eat a full avocado every day if I can, like until I die. (laughs) Deplete me. I know that when I eat um, like starchy grains, they have to be gluten-free, of course, but like starchy grains or sugar, um, booze, like all those things, those deplete me. I feel crappy after I eat those things. And so I, I encourage them to keep that list so they can really pay attention and be mindful of, okay, I'm going to choose these foods that nourish me because I, again, respect myself and love myself enough to do so. Mm -hmm. And if I choose the foods that deplete me, then that's also a choice. Like it's like, I'm aware of it and bringing it to your awareness, I think helps you be when you're mindful of it and you make those decisions, it comes from a different place. Like it doesn't, I find it almost doesn't affect you as much, if that makes sense. You know, like it's when you know, like when I know that I'm eating these certain foods and even though I know that they don't nourish me in the same way or they make me feel bad, but I'm like, I don't care. I'm just going to eat it right now because that's what I want to eat. I want to eat pizza and I don't care if it's going to make my stomach hurt after. It's like I've made the decision, the conscious decision to do so. And therefore it's like, I mentally don't attach myself to it. Emotionally, I don't attach myself to it. I just kind of like, Eh, that's how I'm going to feel for the next day, maybe two, and then I'm going to feel fine again, and that's okay. And it's like, I'm not happy about it because I don't feel good, but I'm not beating myself up about it. Okay, you know, it's so cool about what you just said. Yes, because I don't know if you're familiar with um, Bruce Lipton's book, The Biology of Belief. Do you know? No, I haven't read his book, but I know who Bruce Lipton is. Oh, God. Okay, so read the book or listen to it on Audible. And there's actually a Netflix documentary that he's in on um, Netflix. It's called Heal. And I just recently watched that one also. But the coolest thing about what you just said is you just described the physiological response and how how our body doesn't know the difference between perceived stress and real stress. So when you sit down and you're about to enjoy a delicious party donut from whatever, I know there's some sweet, like, you know, there's some like awesome donut places around. When you sit down and you're like, yes, I'm about to eat this. It's going to be a treat. I recognize that. I chose this for myself. I love myself. I'm eating this thing. I'm going to feel good about myself for eating this, even if I get a gut ache after the fact. Your body has a positive physiological response to you eating that donut versus if you sit down and you're like, oh my God, I'm so fat. I'm so worthless. I need to eat this salad. I better not have dressing because otherwise I'll gain weight. Like your body's going to have a negative reaction based to those thoughts, Yeah, you know? And um, I, th- I don't think a lot of people recognize that what they think it makes manifest in their body. Yeah. No, it definitely does. And it's, it's just, it's mind blowing when you start recognizing that you start making those conscious decisions to just be okay with your choices as opposed to letting them kind of control you. Well, and restriction too, right? Like that's a huge one for myself specifically and lots of people that I work with. When you restrict yourself, you can only go so far before you're bound to swing back the other way on the pendulum, right? So if I restrict myself too much, I am so much more inclined to just be like, F it, I'm eating everything, (laughs) you know? Whereas if I keep keep that like the balance of like that ebb and flow to like, okay, I wanted to have that little treat and I'm also drinking enough water this week and I wanted to have the pizza watching the Super Bowl and but then I'm also going to have some green salad and salmon this week in my meal plan. You know, like just keeping that balance and not restricting yourself too much will take you far. Yeah, for sure. Now, another question I have about mindset is 
what do you feel, how do you feel about people that use the scale to measure success? Because I think that the scale is, yes, it is like a physical thing that you are going to step up, but it's, it's such a mental and emotional thing. I don't think it really has anything to do with, like the number will affect you in such an emotional way that like in some, in some cases, I think some people are fine with it, but then majority of the time it's not, in my opinion, a good thing. What is your thoughts on using scale for success? I love that you like pause because you know how I feel. About <laughs> <it>. <laughs> okay, here's my honest, my honest, yeah. I'm always, I always try to be Go honest, here's like, my honest opinion yeah. on the scale. I think it sucks. And <laughs> I think, I think it's a useless tool. Um, similarly to like, honestly, to BMI measurements, like according oh to my the BMI measurements, I'm obese, you know, and I'm pretty I'm morbidly sure obese. I'm not. <laughs> I'm morbidly obese. I know. I'm like, yeah. My doctor told me that when oh. I went. I went for like my annual checkup. She's like, you're morbidly obese, and I was like, uh, okay, do you need glasses? And I I'm think, going to a different doctor now. I think we're gonna. <laughs> I think we're gonna check that at the door. I think we're cool. <laughs> so yeah, I think the scale sucks. Um, I used to have an obsession with the scale, and I let it determine my worth every single morning that I went on it. And because I would let it determine my worth, I would go on the scale, I would see that number, I would be disappointed, I would feel like crap, and then I would go on throughout my day, and I would starve myself. And it was a vicious cycle for right? me in high school, right? And I was a young girl when I was doing this, like really young, when my body needed the nutrients and needed the love that I was not giving to myself. And I just think it's so stupid to to care so much about a number that's just weighing your mass against gravity. Like it's, it's a useless number, really, truly, yeah. unless you have hundreds of pounds to lose, in which case it might be a helpful tool for you to use in conjunction with your doctor's protocol to lose a healthy amount of weight, right? But for anybody who is starting a fitness journey and they just want to feel better and improve digestion and energy and that kind of thing, use progress pictures, use how your clothes yeah. feel, use if your digestion is regular, if you're not pooping, something's wrong. Right. <laughs> if you're not sleeping, something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And so, but in terms of like, in terms of the scale and like um, coaches that use it, because I also know there's a lot of coaches out there that still use it. And I, I just, I just had an experience that I told you about before we get live, and I won't really dive into that. But where I haven't weighed myself since, like, I want to say, like, I keep saying ten years, but I think it's been like maybe even like. 15 years. Like I don't ever weigh myself like at all. Even when I was pregnant, I didn't weigh myself. I, my start, when I found out I was pregnant, I went to the doctor. I was like actually 11 weeks pregnant because I didn't know I was pregnant because I had some spotting before, but like I, so I went and then I was like, cool. Like I'm super, like I'm almost done my first trimester. And she's like, okay, well let's figure out your weight. Like what were your weight before? And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, Oh, like, and so we couldn't really like track anything. Cause she's like, I don't really know like where you're at. And I was like, well, and then she's like, well, we'll still just weigh you every time you come in. And I was like, okay, but I'm like, just do me a favor. And we weighed me with my back to the scale. Mm-hmm. And I said, just write it down. I don't want to know it. I said, only if I'm getting out of control, then tell me. I'm like, but if I'm like in the healthy range, don't tell me. It doesn't matter. It makes no I, difference to me. Oh, I got to tell you this story that we're, because we're talking about this right now. Yeah. So I weighed myself this year for the first time in four years. Wow. Um, yes, which is like such a trip for me because yeah. I don't own a scale. So I had to go to my parents' house to weigh myself and they were like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's, like, it's an experiment. Just let me down my, <laughs> let me be in peace. And I weighed myself and um, lots of people who are listening are going to be like, we don't know who this girl is. We don't know her story. Haven't seen her pictures or anything like that. So anyways, for anybody interested, go check out my Instagram. But 
I yeah. weighed myself. I weigh the exact same weight as I did four years ago when I started my journey. My body composition is completely different. My mindset yeah. is completely different. My digestion is healed. My confidence is through the roof. I lead a different life. But my weight stayed the exact same. And I was like, if that is not a testament to how messed up our industries are with leading with that number, then I don't yeah. know what is. Because I'm a different human, literally a different human. I have different cells now than I did four years ago. Right. And the number is the exact same. It just, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> but so what do you say though? So uh, what do you say though to coaches or to people that are hiring coaches that are insistent on weighing and using the scale as a measurement tool? Because I, I like for me, I disagree with it. And so what do you think about that? So I think it kind of goes back to that whole like bio-individuality piece. And I think that it's a personal choice. If you know that you have a crap relationship in the past with weighing yourself and deciding that your worth is dependent on that number, mm-hmm. don't use a scale. Use the different methods, right? If you're totally fine with using a scale and mentally you're like, yeah, I'm good. I got this. This is not my worth. I totally understand that. And you have no emotional attachment to it. Use a scale. I would also say too, like this isn't something that I want to do personally, but I've seen people have a lot of success with weighing themselves every single day because if they weigh themselves every single day, then they recognize how much it actually does flux, right? Instead of weighing yourself once a month or once every two weeks or whatever. And so much of that is water weight and so much of that is inflammation. So I just, the scale isn't totally an accurate tool for progress. And so that's why I personally don't use it. Yeah. So you don't use it with your coaching clients as well. Ever. I I encourage them to get rid of their scales. In fact, good. (laughs) I say have a scale funeral. (laughs) You don't need it. Progress pictures are where it's at. Honestly, you see yourself. It's crazy. Well, especially because, yeah, because I was going to say, especially because like even for you, when you look at your Instagram story, like when you look at you from four years ago to now, like your composition is completely changed. Totally and, like, different. But you weigh the exact same. So for anyone who is using a scale that is like, but I'm not seeing the scale move, but I feel different or my clothes fit different, like just maybe just stop using the scale. Because <laughs> clearly it's not giving you a clear, like a clear idea of what is actually happening. Yes. All right. So unfortunately, we have to wrap this up, Marie. I know it's sad because I know I always like talking. It's always very fun. But can you um, end it off by giving our listeners your top three tips for anyone who is beginning to transform their life? But just they want to get started, or maybe they're on their health journey and they're maybe struggling a little bit and they're having a bit of a tough time. What would be your top three tips to keep them either motivated or get them going? Three tips. Okay. Um, Number one, I would say along the lines of our conversation with the scale, just try to get rid of your obsession with the number. It really doesn't mean anything. And using progress photos and um, a journal to track like how you're feeling and your your daily gratitude. And if you're going to the bathroom and sleeping enough, like that's so much more important and will tell you so much more long-term. So that'd be number one. Um, Number two, I'm a huge proponent of um, focusing on the good and gratitude. It's, it's a scientifically proven practice that enhances your life. You know, so what you focus on, you create more of in your life. And if you focus on everything that's going great in your life and everything that you have, instead of everything you don't have, you will be a better person overall. You will be happier and more resilient overall. So keeping a gratitude journal, that's something that um, I definitely encourage, especially as you're starting on a journey where you might be going through some um, ups and downs and sideways 
patterns with the <laughs> wellness journey. And then number three, get an accountability partner. Like we are so much more likely to stay accountable to somebody that we say we're going to show up for than if it's just us. And I think yeah. that's where a lot of people struggle. And you know, to be quite honest, I've talked to a lot of people in my last four years, hundreds actually. And, yeah. and a lot of people are like, okay, well, I purchased some Worko DVDs 10 years ago and it didn't work for me because they just collected dust on the shelf. And I always respond with the exact same thing. And it's, dude, you need an accountability partner. You need a coach. You need somebody to hold you accountable to the goals that you set for yourself, the things that you say you're going to do, and somebody to help you recognize that you're not alone in your journey. And also that there are going to be challenging days and that's okay, but just to respect the process and enjoy as much as you can of the process, right? Yeah, for sure. Oh, I love that. Those are great tips. Well, Marie, again, I'm sad, but we'll have to talk again soon. <laughs> Sounds great. I'll just have, bring you on. Like I should have like a monthly or something. With you. <laughs> monthly with Marie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Love it. Uh, no, just because you have so much wisdom and so much insight and we're on so much of the same page when it comes to this. But thank you so much for like, you know, peeling back the curtains a little bit and sharing sort of your own personal journey as well as sort of your thoughts around some of the things that I think plague a lot of people today when they are getting started or they are on a health journey. So thank you for that. Now, why don't you just share with our listeners how they can find out more info about you, how they can reach you and get in touch with you for your programs as well. Awesome. Oh, I, I just appreciate you, Amanda, so much. <laughs> like I love our friendship. And like you said before, I, every time we speak, I'm like, wait, how many times have we met each other? Like <laughs> we've not known each other our entire lives. Um, I know. So I actually have a brand new website that's almost launched, but um, if you go to my website, marieworkerwellness.com, you can um, poke around there to kind of read some of my story. I'm on Instagram every single day at Wellness, and I'm currently actually running a mindful to mindful challenge. So mindful, F-U-L-L to mindful, F-U-L challenge in my online uh, wellness community. So if anybody's interested in um, discovering ways to de-stress and become more mindful, that's something I'm currently offering. And yeah, they can, so cool. they can check out my stuff on Instagram. Awesome. And guys, also check out fidgetsacademy.com. If you go under our free stuff, you can see the podcast link. And that's uh, we'll have all of Marie's info there too, so that you can link through directly from there if you missed it in here. Okay. So Marie, thank you. Thank you so much Thanks. for your time. <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate you. No, I appreciate you so much. And guys, thank you so much for listening as always. And I'll talk with you soon. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you love the show, we would love it if you could head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review to help us spread the Fitchicks love. We release a new episode every Tuesday and Thursday, so please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.